Hello, Survivors, and welcome to the end of Season 2 of Broadcasts from the Wasteland. Not the end of me, though. You might have noticed the lack of alarms now, which is good, but there's also a distinct lack of lights or air coming from the vents, which is... less good. Not to fear, though. I found a spare power pack with enough juice for today's broadcast, and the transmitter is back in proper hands again. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, folks, and it is full of stories. Okay, not an actual light, and the stories are in a file, not a tunnel, but I'm sure you understand. Anyway, here's who we have joining us in the bunker today. I'm Katie Brisky. I'm a Toronto-based fantasy author, and one time I ran into George R. R. Martin, quite literally, but he did not drop his hot dog. Hi, my name is Aaron Rockford. Um, I'm an Ottawa-based writer, a psychotherapist, and um, I once chased Christopher Plummer down the street. I'm very excited to share this season two finale Totally not wishing Evan was here to listen to. Perfectly happy, sitting in the dark. Gather round, survivors, and welcome to another broadcast from the Wasteland. Listen to the back catalog. Oh, that oh my god, terrifies me. That's, that's dedication. Yeah, when, when you email, it's like, well, Derek and Kelly got wine, and I'm like, fuck, she's listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not good. I didn't listen to your podcast. You didn't listen to any of it. I love you guys, though. <laughs> my, heart. My, life, my, life story. my boss wrote down the name of the podcast, though, because she was like, oh, don't have your boss listen to. It. We curse on this podcast. Is that, is that a bad she, thing? she already wrote it down, and she was like, I'm going to listen to it. I was oh, like, no. I don't know that you actually are, but I appreciate the sentiment. <laughs> what, number of list- listeners just went up to nine? <gasps> Yay, oh, we're at nine. We're at nine. One of those Didn't was you? me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, with you, that's ten. That's ten. <laughs> You're in double digits. Sweet. We'll have to get new t-shirts, Brennan. We will have to get new t-shirts. <laughs> what was it we were going to put on the t-shirt? Oh, shoot. This is a pretty good beer. I can't remember. Is it actually good? So okay. It's pretty good. So the, the beer that Kevin Hearn brought is okay. It's pretty good. It's, okay. it's approved. How was uh, work? Oh, work was good. good. Um, yeah. No, it's do you live pretty here? Simple. <laughs> yeah, I live, I live in How well do you two know each other? What have I done? Not super well. That's unfortunate. <laughs> but that's okay. This will be great. You two can get to know each other. We met at house. We did. And then briefly saw each other throughout the con. But always like at the reg desk when things yeah. were on fire. Yes. Um, Nothing's ever on fire at registration. I mean, sometimes things were on fire at registration. Okay, maybe a little bit. <laughs> And that was it. So you live in... I thought you were from Toronto for some reason. No, no, I also live in Ottawa. And I happen to work Monday nights, even though... Which is kind of funny, because Mm. I work two days a week. (laughs) Well, this worked out great. (laughs) And Brendan messaged me, like, do you want to be on this podcast on Monday night? And I was like, I can probably wrangle that, but, like, of all evenings... (laughs) I'm sorry that I don't have everyone's calendar. That's okay. It's okay. I will make note. It's the the one really nice thing about being self-employed is you can just be like, I'm going to just make sure that I'm gone by 6.30. Or Uh, I guess it was 7. So is is it it therapy? Yeah, it's a a private... Like psychotherapy practice. That's so. cool. Yeah, it is cool. Can, yeah. I mean, can we talk about that like in an official context? Because I'm, I mean, I'm genuinely very curious. In a little bit of an curious. official context. Obviously, we know a lot of detail about <laughs> yeah. it, but I'm genuinely very curious about it. Um, yeah, no, it's um, it, it's fun, um, which is maybe a weird way to describe therapy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but well, someone's having fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I worked. I, I worked at the school for a long time. Mm. A long time. Um, 
But, and so it's just interesting seeing, like, in a school setting, it's a lot of, especially university setting, it's a lot of, like, people trying to figure out how to adult for the first time in their lives. And, oh, yeah. you know, people, lots of crisis, which is kind of upsetting, just given, you know, yeah, it, it's upsetting. Yep. Um, but, yeah, and it's it's kind of funny. And, like, all of my clients were younger than me, basically. They were all, like, 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and private practice, like, most of them are, like, established adults with jobs. So many of them are, like, in their mid-30s. I have a couple that are upwards of 40. And it's just very weird awesome. to be like, you're coming to me. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know anything. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know anything. I can't, because I, I could lean on, you know, having more life experience than the students, Yeah. if in doubt. But when they're older than you, that's no longer a crutch. I can't use that. No. no. So, yeah, it, it's been a bit of an adjustment. But it is nice, and it is nice to be able to, like, kind of pick and choose a little bit of, like, what populations I want to target towards. What sort of, like, because you want to specialize in a certain clientele, I would think. Um, a little bit. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think it's generally better to diversify a little bit. And I think that's where the field is moving more Mm -hmm. towards is like, um, being able to deal with more issues and also knowing more like I I come from a very like eclectic approach. So, um, you know, I'll pull on cognitive behavioral therapy, I'll pull on acceptance commitment therapy, I'll pull on emotional focus therapy, I'll pull on attachment, like just whatever works in the moment with that specific person and what they sort of resonate with. Um, but also like, yeah. And, and sort of that, you know, more people are moving towards that, I think, okay. rather than just being like, I strictly do CBT and that is all. It, it is, I think, better to diversify, but at the same time, you know, I, I market myself very openly as like, you know, LGBTQ and like, you know, having experience working with that population and um, being sort of friendly towards like polyamorous and like kinky communities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get a lot of clients through that okay. um, who are looking for somebody that they don't have to, you know, educate on all of their <laughs> right, stuff, yeah. <laughs> which is a big thing. That makes sense. Um, I was like, in terms of the life experience thing, like I get that at work because parents will come in and they'll be like, how do I parent my kid? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not even 30. I don't freaking clue how to parent. I don't know. I, I can tell you how to teach your kid. I can tell you you're doing a bad job. <laughs> I can't fix it for you, though. Uh, like, you're 45. I don't go parent your kid. Also, you've been parenting your kid, presumably, for... I would hope... Well, no. Not always, no. but longer than you with your, like... That's true. Definitely longer generally. than you. Generally. Yeah. Do they, do they typically expect you to be, like, to have... Oh, you yeah. know, parent do like do they expect you to have kids? Like, yeah, is that yeah, they, yeah, on? pretty much. Yeah, they, yeah. they expect me to either be have kids or be on my way to have kids. They expect yeah. me to be a lot older until they meet me. Yeah, and then and and yeah, they expect like they just look at me with like this like longing on their face of like, <laughs> or they show up and they see how young I, young I am and they're like, okay, well this is gonna be a good conversation. And I, I can tell I've lost them before I've even said anything, and it's always really wonderful. Oh yeah, but. Yeah, I'm sure teaching must be joys. I, I also specifically do not see anyone who is under 18 in my practice. I don't, re- I don't recommend it, because you think it's crisis yeah. for 20-year-olds? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it is non-stop crisis. I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah. Do you get any training on how to deal with God, that? no, no. Me, no. <laughs> not in the slightest. Uh, Why would they give us any training? Of whatsoever? course not, no. No. Why would you ever need to know how to deal with that? No, unless if I were to take... Um, to be a guidance counselor is a specific course. If I yes. were to take that, that would be specific training. But yeah. I don't. Yeah, unless I do that, it's just oh yeah, you're you're fine. You can handle that. 
The closest thing to training that I have is I go down the hall to the psychology department and sit in someone's <laughs> office. Okay, hey, here's what's going on. <laughs> Please help. Uh, Honestly, the thing that's always amazed me, and 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 I gotta phrase this in such a way that not that you know I'm not insulting you because I'm genuinely not, or insulting your profession. But it's always amazed me that people teaching at like the college level that you, there's no like I have a bachelor of education. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah but like no, I have zero pedagogical training. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I've always found fascinating. <laughs> I mean, it's deeply weird. I mean, it speaks to the messed up priorities of the post-secondary educational system. Yeah. That your educator, your educator role is secondary to, yeah. like, your role as, like, a researcher slash publisher. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's deeply screwed up. Like, yeah. if I hadn't had a PhD mm-hmm. supervisor who, like, just wanted to talk to me about teaching and how to do it effectively, mm-hmm. I would have had, like, absolutely no prep the first time yeah. I was thrown into a classroom. So, yeah, it's deeply messed yeah. up. Yeah. And yeah, no, no, no prep or training at all for dealing with students in various kinds of crisis, mm-hmm. which you know, of course, is ongoing. And yeah, um, it's like my my uh, master's was in the Department of Education for oh, okay. complicated political reasons. Um, counseling psychology is under education. Um, oh, political intra community, like intra university reasons. Oh, okay. Um, I thought it was not not like politics. Oh, okay. No, yeah. university politics gotcha. okay. is part of the Department of Education. So it was this very odd mixture of, especially at my graduation, because they were like, "Ah, now go forth, new teachers." And there was like <laughs> the forty of us from my <laughs> program being like, "This is not. This is not." Anyway, um, but yeah, but the Department of Education has zero dollars in funding because they don't really do a lot of research and so they're education has zero dollars period that's true it's true but so we had like you know four professors oh my god (laughs) for the program were they good for the most part yeah but at least there's that it was yeah but it was yeah but anyway i I hear what you're saying about the other thing i I found off-putting i taught at um algonquin college for a couple years on top of my school board stuff and when i got hired it was full nepotism it was just like oh yeah you know i i knew a guy whose wife was the dean of um what that was the program called game something media studies game development um and they needed a, a psychology professor i'm not an expert in psychology just to be clear <laughs> uh, but it's like you, you've Neither taught social studies before well, okay that's a fair, yeah I mean, okay good point but like um you know you know social studies you can go teach this and so i i met the I don't remember who he was, some head of the university or the college, and he's like, oh, yeah, sure, you can go do this. I never saw him again for two years. Nobody ever checked in to see what I was doing. Nobody seemed to care whether I was actually teaching these people. I I will admit now that, like, you know, I taught four nights a week, and because I was teaching full-time as well, the Friday class was not very long. Nobody cared. And I was like, what if I'm doing a terrible job? Why is nobody checking in with me? And it was like, yeah, you're fine. No kind of performance evaluation or Never. development, professional mm-hmm. development. Nope. They just they brought me back and it was just assumed that I was gonna come back unless I said no, which I eventually wow. did. It was crazy. I like I don't get it. And and my understanding of working in like the public school system is that you have more of a strict curriculum oh, that you have to follow. So yeah. that must have been a bit of an adjustment. It was so weird. <laughs> and not comfortable. Apparently I like having rules and, and stuff yeah. which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Well I didn't go into teaching no that's fair um i did work in museums though and museum education is its own thing i learned on the ground yay (laughs) but in a funny way it was the opposite of yours okay because they did check in oh really and they did look at your lesson plans and they did very deliberately kind of plot with you so over the next year what goals 
are you going to work towards to become a better oh, educator? Okay. See, we do a little um, bit of that. I'm, I'm supposed to do an annual learning plan every year, and it's... A, we had, like, an employee yeah. development plan. It sounds like the same idea. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. there was a lot also of modeling. Oh, okay. So they'd stick you with the best interpreters, basically. Cool. <laughs> and just be like, watch. <laughs> <laughs> that person. They do this well. Interesting. Internalize this. That must have been cool. It was cool, and I think it's actually stood me in good stead. Um in writing and in cons as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or things like hosting ephemera, where it's like... Wow, I love that you slipped that in. How long have you been sitting here for? <laughs> Not long Talking about ephemera. <laughs> um, but no, but getting up in front of a microphone and wrangling a crowd, or things like at CanCon. Yes. Managing the vendor's room, or doing podcasts alive, or just being on panels. It's yeah, like, okay, okay, this is not something I've ever formally learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've done it for so long. Well, and I would think but Black it's... Creek would be huge in terms of, like, building that presence and... Yeah, you have to. Yeah. I credit it hugely. It was such a, a shy and reserved wee thing. <laughs> That's surprising <laughs> to everyone. You know. Um, but I was. And I think it, it did really help develop yeah. some of those social skills. Mm-hmm. And also fake it till you make it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because you can oh, fake yeah. it and then eventually have the skills and then you just... Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. What museums did you work in? Just Black Creek. Okay. It's uh, a 19th century village. Um, it was a farm in the 1800s, oh, okay. and they've brought in a bunch of other buildings oh, nice. clustered around it. it. Is It is very much a product of the 1950s and 60s. <laughs> um, it is that Canadiana suburban middle class pipe dream. <laughs> Yep, but it has it has its own charm. I mean, we we did growing up. We did so many school trips to Black Creek. Oh yeah, and then it was also one of the places that when my parents didn't know what to do, they'd be like, "We're going to Black Creek." Yeah, let's do that. It's cool now. I mean, it's less cool because I'm not there anymore. There's Obviously, no fudge. Yeah. there's no fudge. God damn it! <laughs> there's sheep. What's the point? There's of goat yoga. <laughs> Wait, they have. Oh, is that, did you, I saw this on Facebook or something, right? You okay, no, we went to goat movies. Right, but it was the same what is a goat, goat movie. Okay. <laughs> it somehow makes less sense to me than goat yoga. <laughs> so, goat yoga, which they do at Black Creek, yes. is you do yoga, but there's goats. Yeah. For goat movies, <laughs> it's the same thing. You watch a movie, but there's goats. <laughs> Is it a goat-related movie? No. Okay. Do you pet the goats? Are <laughs> yes. they just there in your Yeah, so it's like in a sort of like goat movie that we went to. <laughs> it was at a farm somewhere, and it was a big barn. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's in this barn, and it was, I don't know, September, so it was still pretty warm out. Okay. But I feel like it was heated. And yeah, they just let the goats kind of roam. Yeah. And they have a big screen, and they're projecting, and everyone has their little camper chairs. <laughs> And the goats are just kind of wandering around. How much movie watching actually happened? Like, how much of this okay, movie so did you digest? Absolutely none. <laughs> yeah, okay. That, so. Absolutely none. Okay. Um, it was about football. Okay. It was Rudy. So it was about football. It was Rudy? Yeah. I figured, I thought it would be like a newer... No, it was, it was like 80s goat movie uh, night. 80s goat movie. Okay. <laughs> just getting more and more specific. <laughs> But, so I, but I Wikipedia'd, <laughs> so did I, because I Wikipedia'd the movie after the fact and was like, yeah. I remember n- none of this. I remember he really wanted to play football, and then at the end, everyone was cheering. And at one point yep. in the middle, he talked to a man who was painting a pole, and that was that was my take of the movie. 
<laughs> Can you tell us anything about the goats? The goats were very cute. Aww. They were liked they... eating the straw, and okay. there were little baby goats that Aww. were very small. Then there were big goats. I was going to say, the were they regular-sized goats? Or, like, I think, is it, is it dwarf goats? Pygmy. Is that the word? Pygmy goats? I think that's the name of there's, that particular type of goat, but I'm not sure. There's, like, a smaller breed mm. of goat than, like, your regular mini goat. goat. Yeah. They, I think they had both. <laughs> there were definitely some very large goats. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the pygmies get, like, this is not helpful in an audio visual. For for (laughs) those of you not benefiting from the video feed, as they say, I'm writing excuses. (laughs) We are pantomimic goats. There are some large goats that I'd say would come up to my hip, which is very helpful for those people who don't know Mm. me. Yeah, Yeah, Katie's hip is a (laughs) non-standard. It should be, though. Uh, And then there are baby goats that you could pick up. Yeah, that's cute. I mean... Are goats clean? I don't. Know. I don't know why that should be a concern, but as much as any other animal. I mean, are they as clean as like a cat? Like I can see, you know, you sit and like, well, like they don't groom themselves like a cat. Does. Well, yeah, like there's a difference between sitting and watching a movie with Guinness or sitting and watching a movie with a goat tomorrow. <laughs> like, I mean, the goats wouldn't stay very long. Like they wouldn't cuddle into you. Okay, I don't know. I, I'm... They're not lap goats. <laughs> no oh, man. Can we, Evan? Can we get lap goats? <laughs> Sure. Could you get yes. lab goats why, why in not? lab coats? Freaking <laughs> Someone's going to listen to this. Marie. <laughs> she can't hear you, Katie. Marie, <laughs> can you get lab goats in lab coats for CanCon lab, next lab, year? I don't know if I can say that properly. Lab goats lab in lab, lab coats. Lab. I'm going to screw it up. Lab goats in lab coats. Lab goats in... No, wait. Uh, <laughs> wonderful. So this sounds a... like a new panel for next year. <laughs> Done. You can pitch it to programming, and yes. programming will consider it. Programming. Yeah, that, that is, oh, wait, that's yeah, mostly us. That's mostly that's us. Mostly <laughs> us, yeah. There's at least I know, two. Like, I know some goats. Majority. We could bring the same goat. Okay. Because they're the same goats that do the goat yoga. They also do the goat movies. I'm intrigued. So could we do, like, a goat panel? or? Yeah. Okay. Goats live. <laughs> goats live. <laughs> Are the goats just like milling about during the panel? Because I like. Well, it sounds like so. they're just milling about during the movie. So yeah, so it's yoga. It's a normal panel, it's a normal but there panel, are goats. With goats. Like, I can yeah. see this going. So we put our pros on it. So it'll be like Charles. And, yes. Um, whoever our guests of honor. Who are. else would react yeah. well to goats? Kim A, obviously. Kim A. I feel like. I really hope none of these people actually listen to this. <laughs> um, I think. Kelly would appreciate goats. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but see, no, I, Kelly would have fun with it. I'm trying to think of people that are really <laughs> off-put by Oh, you're trying to mess with people. I'm trying to mess with people. Okay. Derek. Oh, oh yes. Derek, yeah. Yes. Derek and goats. Can that just be the panel, Derek and goats? Derek and goats, yeah. But we can't tell Derek, so we can't call it that. No, that's true. That's yes. a good point. Yes. You know what I really want? Tell him goats is an acronym for something. Oh, yes. and he has to figure out what the acronym stands for. Yes. Something, mm-hmm. something to do with science fiction. Geosynchronous <laughs> orbital altitude... Tester? Tester system. Ooh, yeah. nice. <laughs> Quick, somebody write that down. <laughs> Everyone, you, you know what I really wanted to do as a panel this year, and I can't remember if it got rejected or if I just never suggested it. But these two, and Courtney. <laughs> and, and Derek. And Derek, Derek yeah. technically Mostly Derek. That's a good point. Yeah, the hierarchy is going in the opposite direction. Yes. But, um, what I really wanted to do was, um, oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's something to do with Derek and writing advice. Um... Oh, yes, I remember this description. Yeah. It was, like, yeah. 
Oh man, but it was trolling Derek at the same time. Yes. I can't remember what the hell the goddamn title was. I yes. I, I don't I also don't remember the specifics of the title, but I do remember the existence of yeah. a panel that was something along the lines of like writing tips by Derek. Yeah, but it was something like it was like 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 all, all the advice from Derek that I don't listen to. Yes. Or, or something yes. like that. Or no, oh. everything everything Derek says is wrong or something. I remember that, yes. Yes. And I so, yes. so badly want that to be a panel. I mean, I was very heartened by when I was listening to the backlog of this. Um, I think it was the conversation with um, Kate Hartfield and was it uh, Rich? Larson. Yeah, Rich yeah. Larson, who was on with her, um, yeah. where you guys were basically talking for like a, a good a good segment about how like the Derek Quinskin method is not the only method of it's not, which was which was very comforting to me. So yeah, don't mimic what yeah. he does. <laughs> Necessarily, so unless it works for unless yeah. it works for you. Yes, and, but but maybe there. I think there is like you know a a, a an audience for that thing. Okay. So this needs to happen now. Yes, Derek has suggested that he might give more of the greenlighting process to us for panels for next year. So, Intriguing. So yes. we could just like make this happen, and now we, that we're talking, we can take about over. <laughs> sure. What is your writing process? I don't know if I've ever asked you this. Oh, um, usually a lot of screaming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And, um, <laughs> What, you write like a couple words and then there, there is sometimes, the words. Th- sometimes there are just like as in the middle of the paragraph it's fine um no this is probably a really weird method of doing things but i i often write theme first which is like the exact opposite of all of the writing advice that you get from anyone i have legitimately never had an author <laughs> say to me that they consider theme yeah when, when they're writing i've never had well, somebody tell me tell i don't me. know if theme unless is... one of you has and i'm forgetting I never tell you anything. Oh. Did you? <laughs> you consider theme? I think about themes. Really? I didn't. Did I not? Have you told me that? I've forgotten. You don't listen when I talk. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's come up. Anyway, okay. No. Anyway, so this is theme. not about me, though. Continue. Anyway, it, no, it, it will it, be. It will be, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. I like, I don't know. I, I usually have a pretty good idea when I'm starting out of, like, what I want to do with a story. Um, and, like... I, and I don't know if this is somewhat just being aware of, like, what messages are coming across in what I'm writing and, like, wanting okay. to be aware of that from the beginning so I don't have to, like, make any huge revisions if it turns out that I've, like, accidentally written, like, a eugenicist, like, <laughs> metaphor into my story. Because, oh, like, God. that's... Uh, <laughs> the face Evan just made was not... <laughs> Accidental well, eugenics. Like sometimes, uh, anyway, <laughs> I feel like this is just Ooh, going shit. downhill. <laughs> You've listened to the podcast. This is tame. This yeah. is so far very tame. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I like to have a clear idea of what something is, um, bef- especially when it's a short story. Although I write short stories very poorly because I'm like, what about the whole rest of this universe is happening? Oh yes. Um, so yeah, and then I sort of figure out like major, um, usually major scenes, and then I just kind of have to link those dots somehow, which is where the screaming comes in. Oh, I see. Okay, so non chronological writing plus I, screaming. I do actually write in chronological order, which oh, is okay. where the problem is, is because oh, I have to get yeah, from okay. point A to point B. See, I'm the same way. I ha- I, I I try. Yeah. I think Evan and Derek and I were talking about this once. This idea of like you know just write the scene that I want to write, and then I'll go back. No, I can't do no, it. No, I can't. Yeah. yeah. I'm also a chronological writer. Yeah. I don't understand how people like Evan and Derek can do this. He's looking at his phone, so I can... Well, no, I'm just, I can report that Marie Billado says we can have lap goats in lap coats. Yes! You, wait, wait, are you tweeting her or texting her? I text her. Oh. We are live texting her. We are live texting her. Well, no, we I are like, live with Marie Billado. This was a question we needed an answer to. Phone. And in fact, she says... I don't know um, if I way to loop her in on I can thing. lend you some of mine, which leads to a whole I further... Have... Why line of questioning goats or coats but 
Oh, maybe she oh, means the coats. That might make. Or maybe she means sense. her goats in coats. Marie's been planning. Let's this. get Marie on the phone. <laughs> yeah. you, is there a way to get her on the? Um, you'd have to put her on speaker and hold it up to the microphone. Yes. There's no way that. There's no way. Yeah. It, that might work actually. Sorry, you're talking about the writing process. Yes. <laughs> Um, if you yeah. if you were wondering no, I, if like the behind the scenes of the podcast was at all, it's not. Oh <laughs> uh, no, that's yeah. I wish the people at my day job conference were like, "You're so cool going to be <laughs> on the cool. podcast." You are cool. I was yes. like, "Yeah, I set up a meeting with like a local writer." Like, <laughs> 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 Little do they know. So. Yeah, oh. maybe make sure they don't listen to the podcast. No, again, my boss wrote the name down. She was very excited. Ooh. Well, it's going to be great. It'll be, be well, this is going to come out in like 2020, right? Sometime in 2020. Yeah, Yeah. so maybe they'll have forgotten by then. Maybe they'll forget. God's willing. (laughs) Hi, Sheila. It is pretty cool, though. We talk about things. We do. Like goats. Exactly. Like goats. And yeah, we text people who aren't here. (laughs) We fold them into the conversation. I'm going to text Marie right now. Let's all text (laughs) Marie. That's great radio. Thanks for the texting people. Thanks for the host. Well, thank you for the host, too, Marie. Thanks for the goats. (laughs) Are you staying with Marie? No, I'm okay. staying at the hotel, which you can yeah. see out the window. Yes, that's, that's exciting. True. Don't say which hotel, because then people will know where I live. That's fine. <laughs> but you're moving. Well, not. Are like, you moving? Uh, I mean, not tomorrow. <laughs> when are you moving? I, I don't. I, I don't know yet. It's not set in stone. Thank you, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> where are you moving? No, Jess and I are talking about. I'm not. Uh, it's, oh, shut up. That's really cute. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was a question I received today, actually. Was it actually? Yeah, it was. About what? No. What? Your living situation. Really? Yeah. Who's Ooh. asking you about my living situation? Was it a private investigator? <laughs> Was it the guy I owe money to? <laughs> Who totally doesn't exist? Legitimately doesn't exist, in case I leave this part in. Um, <laughs> um, no, but yeah, we have, we're, we're talking about a house stuff with an office and a gaming room. Yeah. That'd be cool. And a goat pen. Yes. Whoa, wait, hold on. No, why? What? I don't want a goat pen. Why not? Marie has the goats. I don't have any goats. Well, you could. You could get goats. She says not to tell you that she lent them to us. Okay, then hold on. What is she saying to me then? Man. Why would I have goats, Brandon? She's denying that she has goats. (laughs) She's gaslighting you. (laughs) Oh. Man, we've never had segments before, but texting Marie Billado can be our first official, official segment. Well, we have, we have producer uh, Gary. That's kind we have of, producer that's Gary. Kind of a yeah, segment. yeah, yeah. Who's not a real person. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I did. I did assume that. Okay, yes, yeah, but yeah, he, does, he doesn't exist. Uh, oh man. Man, now now if Jay Ojik is listening to this, he's going to be super pissed that we're writing off producer Gary. <laughs> he was never real. We've, we've destroyed the fiction. <laughs> yeah. No, what if he was? What if you made him real? Oh no, I don't have that. Don't suggest that I have that. Power of your imagination. Maybe he was a what's that monster called? Where like the more you believe in it, it becomes real. Slenderman? No, no. There's like it's probably also true of Slenderman. It is true of Slenderman, but also there's like a word for like that genre of creature. No, I don't know. I don't remember the name of it. It was fake cryptid. 
<laughs> kind of. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I anyway, know. I, I, I know Slenderman. That's the only one I know. That's okay. My, it, it was in an episode of Supernatural, which that's, is maybe which is revealing too much of oh, myself. No, it's, the, it's a really early episode. It's um, the it's Hell from House episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, Justin and I were rewatching it. Yeah. Um, where I say, so we just saw that. Yes, but I don't remember the name of... But that's like an actual thing. They didn't yeah, make it up for yeah, the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what the word is, and no, now it's right. going to bug me. Yeah. You'll you'll either think of it in about twenty minutes and just drop it in the middle of the conversation yeah. <laughs> or at like three in the morning. Yeah. And then and then record yeah. that. Record send it to us. And yes. we will splice it in somehow. If only you had producer Gary to help yeah. you with it. Christ. And it'll be super not obvious because it will be my like shitty phone. <laughs> I have quite case. a good pod uh microphone that I brought to our our conference because I am <laughs> podcasting there, so you can. Oh, so, so you're podcasting at your conference? I don't, I don't like. What are you podcasting? We're collecting content for our upcoming podcast. On, on, on what? If I'm allowed to ask. Digital health. Digital health stuff. Okay. Digital health stuff. Yeah. So, this conference. Yes. Imagine CanCon. Right. But for digital health. Okay. What is digital health specifically? Thank you for so asking. I've, I've been wondering since before we started recording. But I didn't want to ask and seem like an idiot. I, I will take this bullet. Um, Thank you very much. So it's basically just like healthcare, like um, virtual care and online okay. ways of accessing personal health information okay. and health services. Oh, okay. That's so, not at all what I was thinking. So at first, the big thing was... Um, building electronic health records. Okay. Mm -hmm. So being able to, instead of having your health records on pieces of paper yeah. siloed in your doctor's office, have them online. That would be amazing. Mm -hmm. It can be amazing. It also raises a lot of questions around privacy and uh, consent. right. And while it's super great that if I break my leg in BC, they can access my file in Toronto, mm -hmm. we want to make sure that no one else can access my right. file in Toronto. So it's, it's really interesting. Um, and, and the trust framework and building in... Again, consent policies and making sure that mm -hmm. it is safe, secure, and right. personally authorized access okay. is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, so that was kind of the first thing they were doing. Okay. Um, one of the big things they're doing right now is e-prescribing. Mm -hmm. um, so instead of you taking a piece of paper to your pharmacy to get a prescription filled, your doctor can just, like, send it to the pharmacy. Wow. Oh. <laughs> that does seem better. Yes. Right? And then, and then if the pharmacist is like, I've got a question about this, like, Brandon's on this medication... And you're, so and you're also yeah. and you're also prescribing this, and like in some patients, they maybe don't work so well together. Yeah, okay. They can like almost I am your doctor and be oh, like, "Yo, uh, question." Right, right, right. Did you remember he's also on this other thing? Maybe you don't want to like mix these two, oh, cool. um, instead of calling them or faxing them or whatever. That sounds yeah. much more efficient, but obviously, yeah, yeah. Like, easily hackable if you don't do it right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So things. So some pharmacies are like, we do e-prescriptions, but it's just emails. I was like, that's not secure. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Not but true. if you have a software that works in both the the prescribers of the clinician's end yeah. and also integrates into mm -hmm. the pharmacy end, it just goes in one closed circuit. Okay, so that, that is not hackable. Yeah. Right. It's not going through like Gmail. No, no. It's, <laughs> it's, just, it's just one thing talking to both sides. Yeah. Right, that makes a lot more so sense. So that's cool. Huh. So it actually is very interesting. And there's also, um, I don't know, what I'm obviously most interested in is how it intersects with the social side of things. Right, okay. So questions around, cool, it's great, um, like patient portals, being able to look at all my lab results and mm -hmm. being able to yeah. book appointments online and things. What happens if I don't have a computer? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Right, because you wouldn't want to be accessing that, say, like at a local library yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. So for vulnerable or underserved populations, like yeah. mm-hmm. there's there's a whole lot of questions around that. So it's it's actually very interesting yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So all of these people from all sorts of parts of the health field yeah. are coming into chat. So we have some of them that are hard to get a hold of otherwise, and we're right. going to interview them. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge piece, like, as we as we move more and more mm-hmm. digital, more and more internet, that's a huge piece of it is, like, is people oh, yeah. that can't access that. Yeah. Like, we see, like, education is the same issue. Mm-hmm. Like, the more more and more that we demand, you know, doing stuff online and accessing a Google Classroom, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, some kids can't do that at all. Yeah. I know, yeah. and the other thing, too, like, for me, if, like, I get anemic constantly, yeah. and I'm pretty good at telling when I think I maybe should have a blood test, it'd be so great if I could text my doctor yeah. and be like, hey... I'm feeling this way. Can you can you send through a requisition for me to take to the lab? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rather than me physically going to her, because then also for people who need to go see her, like I don't need to go. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You don't need to take up her time. I actually yeah. need to go to be there. Yeah. Um, but that frees up her time to spend with people who actually do need to go see her in person. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. that's a huge like I I my doctor is amazing, but if I mm-hmm. need to see her for something, it's it's unless it's an emergency, it's weeks or months mm-hmm. before I can get in. Yeah. So. I was trying to get into mine, and I, I don't know if the, because she does online booking, it's very fancy. Um, I don't know if the portal is just malfunctioning, but the earliest date was October 2020. Oh, I'm that like, I'm like, that yeah, can't be right. That's yeah. Not good at all. Especially because it is. It's one of those things. Where I'm like, I'm pretty sure I just need a blood test done. Yeah. Could you just? I would like that before next. <laughs> could you just? <laughs> could you just send the lab the yeah. blood test you want them to have done? Can we? Can we Skype? Yeah. Can exactly. we chat? Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to see me in the flesh. No. To be like, oh, you're tired and a woman in her 20s. Yeah, you should probably get tested for anemia. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's all very interesting. Mm-hmm. So, we have some interviews we're doing. I'm not conducting the interviews, but I am. Okay, I'm a little less interested now. But... Turning on the microphone. I wrote all the questions for the interviews. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. It's fancy. I'm yeah. like, so I would want to listen to that just to see what a podcast about that is like. Yes. If it's like very, like, Obviously, it's not going to be a podcast like this one, but... Well, well I mean, we don't know that yet. We haven't so, had any of that. one way for me to find out. Do it at, like, 8 o'clock, after everyone's gone to the bar. Yeah. There is no one in the bar at the hotel. Oh, very surreal, because some parts of it are very much like a writer's con. For the, like, 10 minutes I was in the hotel before I came over here. <laughs> Tomorrow, you will have a very different assessment of the... Of Con, this con, oh, which will like... stay remain nameless. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, it seems like an odd time of the week to have. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. it's midweek. Also, seems a bit odd time to have a conference. But maybe that's the norm in more it... academic conferences. It might be. I don't. Know. I have no idea. Having it start so early in the morning, though, because it's not open. It opens at like seven thirty tomorrow morning. Oh fuck that! <laughs> so everyone's like wow. here tonight because. Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus. I like the way CanCon does it, where it yeah. starts oh, yeah. at. Like two. Well, like on the first. Day. On the Friday. Yeah. On the Friday, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can roll in. Even that's early. Although I can roll in the day before. That's true. Because I have to. I have to. Yeah, but you're staff, so you, you, you have to be here. Yeah, you don't have a choice. That's <laughs> fine. I get to stay with Marie and her goats. <laughs> I, I don't think there are any goats. All Marie texted me as she said, there's no goats. So. But she has sent other things to other people at okay, this table. Okay, but who, she said she could lend us who last stayed with Marie here, Brandon? Okay, that's mm-hmm. a fair point. It was me. So your writing process. Yes. <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> That's why we pay him the big bucks. <laughs> impressive finger point as well, which those of you not on the video feed missed. It was very aggressive. Yeah, 
I don't know. I just do things. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we were talking about this like, before the rest of you guys got here. That is a lot of what, like, when a non-writer asks us a question about writing, it's always just like, I don't know, I just kind of yeah. do it. Like, yeah. Right? Like, it's yeah. hard to explain to non-writers what it is that I, we do. I feel like I start with an image or a feeling. Okay. Or a theme sometimes. <laughs> this is ruining everything I talk to my students about. <laughs> um, and then it just, it's almost like watching a Polaroid develop. Oh, interesting. Like, you get, like, a little bit over here, and then a little bit over here, and then you thought it was, like, someone's arm, but it's actually part of a tree, and that's cool, because now the rest of the picture is developed, and you can see more what's going on. And I feel like I do jump around quite a lot. I feel like I don't work specifically first on, say, plot, and then a theme, and then character. Right. I feel like they all kind of happen at the same time. Well, they kind of have to, I think. Like, exactly, mm. but they all build on each other. Okay. Yeah. When I say yes, I do think about theme, it's almost like... For me, uh, an essay with a thesis. You need okay. to make sure you're not contradicting yourself yes. through the essay. So for me in the story, it's the same thing. The story can't contradict its mm. its own theme. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes um, sense. So it is in the back of my mind as everything else is coming through. Because I'm constantly, like you would do in a thesis when you're checking all of your arguments against it while writing the essay, yeah. I feel like I'm checking the story against my thesis. Right, okay. Interesting. But the thesis is my theme. Do you think of a theme when you're writing? Am I the only one here that does um, I mean... I guess, but it uh, it's always towards the end. Interesting. Like the the novel that I'm that I finished most recently. Like I did eventually decide it had a theme, but okay. that I figured that out towards the end. Huh. I was like, oh, look at that. There's a theme. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to yeah. clarify. I don't shoehorn the plot to fit the theme I predecided. Mm-hmm. But saying, oh, like say I'm stuck with this plot now. What mm-hmm. happens? Well, if this is our theme, what mm-hmm. what would make sense right, to okay. happen next? And I, I like the the idea of like comparing it to an essay of having you know a theme in the same way that you have a thesis in an essay and you you kind of start out knowing that at least I hope you start out knowing that when you're writing an essay. Um, I don't know, Brandon. <laughs> at least, I mean, I was I was I I still write essays in like the sandwich method, and I've done two degrees, so like that's. My Maybe my own this, problem. Be like, Sir, guess what we heard? <laughs> the essay hamburger. Um, but yeah, we're like you state the theme straight off, and or the thesis straight off, yeah. and then and not that you know state the theme at the beginning of the story, but like you have that in mind. <laughs> at the this story it's is about. about friendship makes life better. <laughs> Yeah, and then having to make sure that everything is like internally consistent with that, especially right. like at the end when you pull everything together again. I find it's especially important for short stories just because you yeah. they do have to be very cohesive. Mm-hmm. In a novel, I think you have a little bit more room to yeah. gather yeah. and frolic about, yeah. but not so much in a short. And in a novel, you can have more than one theme. I guess you can have that in a short story, too. It's just that after a while, it gets a little bit crowded. What was it? I think it was Poe? Maybe said for him short stories were everything working towards one single unifying mm-hmm. effect. Always... Oh. Sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible at quotes, so I'll take your word for it. If it wasn't Poe, it was one of his contemporaries. But I've always kind of liked that, like everything working towards one kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. ...overarching feeling in no, a I, short yeah. story. Yeah, that doesn't make sense for a mm-hmm. short When I was doing a workshop once with some, some youngins, um, I showed the difference. For me, I illustrated how I think about yeah. short stories versus novels. So for a short story, I had just like a glass sculpture. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was like one singular unifying effect. Oh, and then okay. for the novel, I had a picture of the ROM, so it had the crystal 
right? The glass yeah. crystal sticking out, and then the whole uh, Edwardian structure attached oh, to it. And it was like, yeah, so you, yeah. you can have more than one thing going on in the same. Right. But sense. it's still one cohesive piece, so yeah, yeah, the yeah. realm is it's not questionable. the most cohesive of structures. <laughs> it is still a single structure, though, That's with true. lots of things going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's busy. I write chronologically, though. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I gestate a long time. Stuff will sit oh, really? in my brain. Yeah, stuff will sit in my brain for a long time. And then when it comes out, it goes very quickly. Okay. But I think that's because there's been so much work in my head right, that makes beforehand. Sense. Do you gestate on your ideas? Um, Not as much. Um, a little bit, I think. Um, but I, I tend to just... I, I think I've just gotten into a, a mindset that, like, just get the words down and then yeah. fix them later. Um, so that's, that's sort of become my new method, because I used to just date a lot more, and then I would go, you know, years without actually putting any words <laughs> on a paper. Um, that's probably not good. Yeah, because it, it, it becomes more of, like, like, the story becomes so much in my head that, and I, I would describe myself as, like, a recovering perfectionist. Nice. Um, because, like, it used to be, like, okay, this is exactly how I envisioned it in my head, and then when you put it on paper, it never looks like that, especially not the first time. Um, with, like, the first draft, and so I'd get frustrated and mm. give up and mm. take long years breaks, and, yeah. So, no, so I don't I don't just date as much, but I will, like, I revise and revise and revise and revise, like, in great depth. Like, I could never be a person that puts out multiple, like, novels per year, and I'm in awe of people who do that. Yeah, no kidding. It sounds like you get to choose whether to do your work on the front end or the back end a little bit. Yeah. my revision process is usually very light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, I think because there was so much work up front. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Can I, can I do a better segue than I did minutes ago? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you can. Okay. Because <laughs> okay. you were talking about uh, breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think you could like? Do you think you could ever step away completely from writing? No. No, and I, like it's an interesting timing with this question, just because I had a, a shitty year. Well, that we we yeah we can unpack that. That that's not what I that's I was thinking something totally different with that question. But no, I mean I'm I'm always writing something. Yeah. I mean it may not be like I'm writing fiction, but like I'll be writing something for a role playing game or yeah. like mm-hmm. uh, yeah I'll always be writing something. Yeah. Okay. The reason why I bring it up is because um, I, I think I can identify who it is by name because it's on social media. But I was reading Michelle Baker's tweets yesterday. Yeah. About like how she's just she's basically it sounds like she's just done. She's made the conscious decision to be done writing. Mm-hmm. Did you see her? No. So is this forever? That's what it sounds like. Interesting. Mm-hmm. She's yeah, right. My uh, face is doing things for those who don't have access to our video feed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna have to install cameras. It's uh... yeah, and tell people obviously. Yes. Well, one step at a time. Oh, fair enough. No, but yeah, because so, it's uh, for for a variety of reasons. And she was very open about it on Twitter. Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 I need to go find it, this. Yeah, yeah. like, but she's it was like yesterday, yeah, I think. Yeah, and, and and explained very clearly that yeah, she's done as a writer, and you know, thank you to everyone, and you know, who's following her writing. But mm-hmm. now it's just going to be you know Diablo tweets, and <laughs> I mean, and, and and like, and mad respect to her because I, I can't imagine that was an easy decision, but to, yeah. But, I don't know that I could do that. I, I, I don't think that mm-hmm. I could, like... I don't know. I, I find it yeah. very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, 
oh no, this is going to get existential with, Do it. which if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I love. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like I, like I think about things a lot in terms of like values and meaning. Mm. And I, for me, storytelling is a part of my meaning. Right. Yeah. Um, and so like, like I don't have anything published. Like I, I, I guess I hope that that will yet. change. Yeah. Yet. I, I yet. hope that that will yes. change. Um, but like, even if it doesn't, you know, the, the stories are there and I enjoy the process of writing. Yeah. Um, and I think my life would feel very incomplete if I wasn't using that creative energy and wasn't trying yeah. to tell those stories in some way. Again, even if I'm the only one that ever sees them. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So the, yeah. Yeah. The like, short like, answer is no. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I'm the same yeah. way. Like I go, if I go more than a couple of days without like writing or revising or doing so mm-hmm. I start to get like twitchy and, and mm-hmm. grumpy and and like and it's like I have to do something and, mm-hmm. and usually it's because I haven't had time or I haven't like forced the time yeah. and it's like I have to get back to it at some point Otherwise, yeah. like it's so much a core of my being yeah and like that's my like what my brain is doing at any given moment is yeah. going over you know ideas characters yeah. whatever like it's it's in there something's going on yeah 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 <laughs> hopefully something gets, something's I, going on. i warn my students about that very early in every yeah. semester it, like i i'm as much as i love teaching and i do mm-hmm. um i am a writer who happens to teach yeah uh, if you made it big you'd be out of here well no because i have a pension <laughs> writing doesn't give <laughs> that's not the only reason i'm still in teaching but um but no but it like my brain is always at any moment of the day spinning something yeah like behind the scenes even mm-hmm. when i'm act, you know working with my students my brain is always doing something mm-hmm. writing related like i can't turn it off yeah um and, and i wouldn't really want to i don't think yeah, yeah i would agree both looking at me now <laughs> yes <laughs> um i like what you said about writing being your meaning yeah. um because i've been thinking of it lately as almost being like a metabolic process Ooh. in my body okay this is just like when you put a plant in soil and yeah. give it sunlight mm-hmm. it it makes yeah, chlorophyll. Yeah, yeah. That's just what it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some ways, I feel similar about writing for me. Okay. It's like this is just what this is just what I do. This is just what my system does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you put that. in emotion and other words and other stories and yeah. random dreams and songs and this is it converts it into story. This yeah, is just yeah, yeah. a metabolic yeah. process by which I run. Yeah. Um, the and, you, sh- and you can't turn that off, right? Mm-hmm. No, but much like how if you uproot a plant. Um, and then, like, put it on a rock <laughs> with no soil. Uh, shockingly, it doesn't, it doesn't do photosynthesis very well. That's a good point. Um, this is what I was referring to with my, my shitty year, yeah. so. I think I've been more or less open about it. Um, but last year I had a, a really rough year of lots of life transitions mm. and lots going on. Mm. Pretty much if you can think of a major sphere of my life that was affected and, like, completely changed. Um, and I didn't write. Yeah. And I couldn't. And the words wouldn't come, and I would try, and they would be shitty, and then I would feel bad about myself. And I actually was talking to Kari Morin, who's a Toronto-area writer, who's really fabulous. She's awesome. She's so good. (laughs) You should read her book, Weave a Circle Round. Um, From Tor. Tor, yes. Um, And she was saying that, yeah, she went through something similar, and it was was a longer period, but Mm -hmm. some of it was that she changed as a person, and, and so who she was as a writer had changed, and she almost had to get used to a new writing process. Yeah. Which was hard, but eventually it happened, and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all good now. Yeah. Um, so I think some of it, yeah, is becoming accustomed to a new way of doing things. Yeah. Certain processes that used to work don't quite work the same way. Yeah. Um, but for me, a really positive thing is 
the stories are coming back. I can feel the metabolic process happening yeah, again. Yeah. And, I, and I am writing again. And it's still, I feel like I'm not 100%. Right. But almost as though when you're recovering from a long illness and you can start to do things again yeah, and you're not like yeah. quite as strong. Yeah. But you can also leave your house and do errands again. <laughs> you can breathe fresh air. Yeah. yeah, so that's kind of where I'm feeling. But it was yeah. never a thing of I'm never coming back to it. Mm-hmm. See that? Yeah. It was. It was always a thing of how how long is it going to be until I can? Yeah, because yeah. because that that to me is different than the, what Michelle was talking about. Because like I couldn't leave it. Yeah, exactly. I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Because uh, again, I think I, I need it. Yeah, exactly. To say saying yeah, and I think I don't know. It's silly, but one of the things that finally kickstarted me, which I think it was a sign that it was more in my own head as, mm. as cliche as it was and I was like fine I'm going to write a story and I don't actually intend to publish it like I can take out the whole ego thing of what if this gets the nebula or the yeah. aurora that's not the point of this that's not what we're doing yeah um, but it was the first longest short story I'd finished in a long time and that was really helpful yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. the pressure can be a killer like, mm. you start, because we talked about this a while back the, like that idea of like you know, you have to get into certain markets or you have to get on a long list for an award. Mm. Or an you have to win certain awards. Yeah, yeah. otherwise you haven't made it. Yeah. Fuck that. I think, I think Sean McGuire was tweeting about that the other day. Oh, yeah. Even, um, so, like, you know, even if you get to that level, yeah. like, that's still... Well, the goalposts always move. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I whatever mean, the next thing is. People, like, I and mean, again, it's on social media, so I'm sure it's fine, but, like, um, Brooke Bolander mm. will talk about feeling like an imposter and feeling like nothing, like, that they haven't done yeah. enough. And I'm like, I'm sorry, have you <laughs> have you read your own work? Because <laughs> yep. you're real good. Yeah. But I think no matter where you are, which is both comforting and also really depressing. Yeah, just a bit. On one hand, it's nice to know that everyone feels this way. On the other hand, it's like, I guess it never gets better. <laughs> Only our ways of managing it get better. Pretty much. I think we've asked several guests on this podcast about that. It's always the same answer. No, okay, it never goes away. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. fucked for the rest of your career. Yeah. <laughs> but I think great. I think you do learn to manage it better. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Oh, oh. Well, they must, or else they would. If they're still here. Some of them have been doing this for like fifty years. That's a good point. That's a long time if you you're managing it poorly or not at all. That's true. Yeah, I think as long as you're managing, I mean, again, take this with a grain of salt, given my own like <laughs> <laughs> not being published, but. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm drawing on my my like professional experience more because mm-hmm. in in therapy and in my training we talked about um, FOIs feelings of incompetence. Oh yeah. Um, and how like you know therapists have those and you know we're always worried that you're not doing a good job. Um, and you know you have like a real live person in front yeah. of you that you need to not fuck up. Yeah, that's more um, high pressure than does this story. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't mean to compare apples and oranges, um, but it just but we we sort of learn of like you you need to deal with these and you need to like deal with them in a healthy way, but yeah. also like they're not inherently bad things to have because yep. they mean that you care about your job, they yeah. mean that you mm-hmm. care about the people, and I feel like. I don't know, just maybe making a bad analogy here, but I feel like There's a striving to do better and to improve yourself and to keep questioning your own process and your own output. Exactly. Exactly. And I I would think, like, like say, like, for, you know, for a therapist, if you Mm -hmm. weren't questioning that, I I would be worried about your confidence as a therapist. (laughs) Um, And, like, with a writer, I think if you're not questioning that, then you're not challenging yourself as a creator and Mm -hmm. and you... Mm -hmm. I think you'll be producing more work if you're constantly questioning that. Yeah. So I know I think I think it's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, my point just being that like as long as you're engaging it with it in a healthy way, I think yeah. it is good to have those feelings 
as long as they're not like completely suffocating you because obviously that's not ideal. No, but it does happen, and that's like there's dry spells and there's moments when you can't write because of whatever. Yeah, and, and you know, and if it lasts years, you know that sucks. Mm-hmm. But like it's not. There's a way to come back from that. I think that yeah. is different than just declaring, okay, I'm I'm done. Yeah. yeah. And and no and again, no disrespect to that decision. Like I no mm-hmm. no, you've got to do it right for you. And I yeah, think. Yeah. I think we're always very quick to support our friends and our colleagues. Like, if you were saying, hey, I'm having a really hard time and I haven't written in mm-hmm. months, I'd be like, oh, dude, like, take care of yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it'll still be there when you're ready. You need to look after you before you're even going to be able to write anything right. effectively. So right, exactly. Go to. But when it's me, yeah, exactly. it's like, you're the worst. Yeah. Why do you suck? Oh, yeah. Why can't you write? Yeah. That, <laughs> you that, used to be able to write. Yeah. You should be able to just, like... Yeah. 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 So it's yeah. interesting. We're we're often much kinder to the people around us oh, than we are to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was my September. Like, yeah. Yeah. Between like, between work business and CanCon business, and, and and I got in my own head too much, and I did mm-hmm. fuck all for a month, and it was awful. Um, and it could sneak up on you, I think. Yeah. Which is the other, which is kind of scary, but. And once you fall out of, like, habit, too, yeah. I always find that as an issue of, like, if I decide I'm going to take some time off, like, um, you know, we're, as we're recording, it's November, so it's NaNoWriMo. Yes. Um, so, and I almost always make the mistake after NaNo of being like, oh, I will I will take a little bit of time off because I have just written 50,000 words this month. And then that's always a bad decision because it's always harder to get myself <laughs> yeah. back into that. Yeah, I can imagine. Okay, so yeah. so having acknowledged that, what are you not going to do at the end of this November? <laughs> Hopefully, not take that time off. Because <laughs> now I know to check in. Yes. <laughs> like the now I have accountability. Of, you do. You've admitted it to people. Keep yes. writing, Aaron. <laughs> Keep writing. We get messages on Twitter on December first from yeah. Derek. Yes. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, if we get Derek. Oh man. Oh man. Derek loves to ask if people yeah. have been writing. Really Derek is. will tag me out of nowhere on Twitter and be like, "Hey, are you writing?" Yeah. I yeah. think he does that to many people. He doesn't but... do it to me. Does he not do that to you? Oh, no. Oh. Well, we'll tell him to start. Yeah. You, we'll add you to his list. Because you're I, looking very forlorn. Yeah. Because I don't, I, like, I don't know whether to... Because either that's, that's him bringing you into the team. Yes. Or... It, he doesn't think you need that support. You should ask him what he wants. Fine, I'll text him right now. <laughs> he isn't now for our second segment, I want texting, to be, texting Derek. I want to be brought into the team. Yes. Okay, I, I will text him right now. Talk yes. amongst yourselves. Um, but yeah, but I think I think we do need to be, remember to be kind to ourselves mm-hmm. too. Yes. And I think so much of writing is bound up in who we are and where we are at any particular stage of our life, Mm -hmm. that when you do have, like, three massive life changes all within the span of, like, I don't know, a month? That's a lot. That's a lot. It was a lot. I don't know how I made it through the end of last year. I mean... There was a lot going on. Yeah, again, you had a lot going on. So, I don't... Yeah. 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 Any sort of huge life change is tough, right? Mm -hmm. And... Especially when you're in the middle of it, and like I went through it with my divorce, like like when you're in the middle of it, you have no idea like mm-hmm. where where you're gonna end up next, and so yeah, creating during that is yeah. almost yeah. like. And we have this like stereotype of like the tortured artist. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you that. need to be suffering to produce great art, but I mean, I've never known anybody who actually does that. No, and it's also when you're in flux. I think it's even harder yeah. than being stable but miserable. Like yeah. I've known people who can write about things they went through later, yeah. but you've got to be out of it. 
Yeah, there's a I distinction think. between like processing stuff after the fact, but I think it, it almost comes down to like a hierarchy of needs kind of situation where like yeah. mm-hmm. you need to have like that security first before you can That's a really start, good way to look at it. You know, actually doing and it creatively. I think I don't know, like when you guys go back to stuff that you wrote years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and it's hard, right? Because partly you were a different person then. Yes. And I think when you're in the midst of a lot of massive life changes, you are becoming a different person. Yeah. And you sometimes can't write yet because you're not you're not yet the writer that you need to be for this next stage of your career, which is yeah. getting a little woo. But like you're not you're no longer the person that, or the writer that you were yeah. before all of these changes hit. But you're also yeah. not fully become the writer that you're going to be. So you're just in this kind of weird limbo where you can't yeah. do anything. That's not woo. That makes, that makes total sense. Cool. Well, that's been my last year, and I feel like I'm finally coming out the other side of it. I'm glad. That's, so that's exciting. great. Yeah. You're, you're emerging from the chrysalis. Ooh. Yes. They turn into goo in the chrysalis. <laughs> I know. It's so <laughs> wild. You you... Did you know that butterflies and moths don't have mouths? No, but that's kind of cool. Yeah. More no, horrifying no. animal facts for Kim Ray. Horrifying animal facts. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> I'm sure that's what I've she expanded is. from horrifying deer facts. I was... <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> I was telling her horrifying oh dare facts for a while. That was awful. Wait, 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 it was a kid card, wasn't it? Yeah, it but wasn't I told just the her one moment. There were more. Jesus, King. <laughs> she was at World Fantasy. Oh, oh you had, you oh, had no. more horrifying dare facts. <laughs> you, you know, like her job. You want to kind of keep her on your side, right? <laughs> but that is how I keep her on my side. Right. Awesome. Yeah, I told her horrifying dare facts at CanCon, and then she was at World Fantasy. And then I told her more. <laughs> <laughs> what what were the like yeah. more horrifying deer facts? So sometimes deer will eat bones because they're mineral deficient. Oh, the really? deer are so they'll eat bones. They took a picture of a deer eating a human bone. Oh, for God's sake! And That's I, not as horrifying as I was expecting. I don't know. This picture of a deer chomping on a rib. Was yeah. like I think great. if I came across that, it would not yeah. be a good time. And no. I offered to send it, but no. she declined. <laughs> uh, no, she'd left at that point. Uh, I was not at World Fantasy to clarify. Okay. Um, she was hanging out with other people, and I was right. not texting her directly, but was. Oh, I understand. So okay, it was like, yeah. "Hey, I'm here with Kim May." And it was like, "Cool." Does she want to hear a horrifying deer fact? <laughs> and then she ran. <laughs> and then she did. But then, by the time I said, "I also have a picture," it was like, "I'm not hanging with her anymore." She's she's left. Oh, that's fair. I'll save it for when Please she don't. comes to Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Please stop. As we as we mind oh, texting. Yeah. I didn't know that this would be my brand, but no, I mean, find deer facts. There's there's a way to stand out, and I think you found it. Deer and deer. <laughs> Isn't the isn't the symbol for ephemera a deer? Yeah. <laughs> In a, you're building your brand. An amusing yeah. twist of fate, yes. Um, we actually, that is a coincidence. Is it, though? <laughs> it is, kind of. Okay. Do tell. So, with ephemera, which is our reading series that Jen Albert and I run in Toronto, for those who are not here at this table. Yeah. What's the Twitter handle? At ephemera series. Okay. Um, so, we asked Jen's sister, who's a very prolific and great designer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, to make us some branding and some images and stuff. Cool. Um, so she made her bookmarks, which I was handing out at CanCon, and she had four of them. Yeah. Uh, which was the lady, the guy in a balloon, the birds, and also a skeleton deer. <laughs> <laughs> and you saw it, and we're like, yes! And then we saw it, and it's perfect! And she didn't know about hooves on the roofs. Oh, my God. Or my horrifying deer facts. She just came up with this skeletal deer all by herself, and we went, yes. 
It was fate. It was fate. And so we made it our mascot and our... Does the skeleton deer have a name? Prancy. Oh my god. Prancy the skeleton deer. <laughs> His name is Prancy. See, I knew, there, I knew the answer to that. Yes. <laughs> okay. So yes, Prancy is our, Prancy. our mascot and our symbol. But it, we did not choose to have him. He chose you. Yes. Yes, he did. Mm, I understand. We also have Red the dragon. Oh, yeah. We made them with... So it's kind of, I don't know, like a kitchen container thing that you'd put food in. I'm miming opening a lid. Like a a Tupperware container? Yeah. Okay. And then we went to the dollar store and we bought a whole bunch of crafting stuff. And then while Jen was writing very serious things (laughs) about ephemera, Alex and I were gluing on googly eyes and gems and... Oh, Stop. is it the box you had to write, like the like passing the hat? Yeah. Oh, that makes more sense. So you can feed Fred. That Aww. makes a lot more sense. Everything is better with googly eyes. Yes. I think so. And Fred has wings and a horn mm. and a rainbow tongue. Are they green? Mostly. Someone took a video of Fred. There's a video of Fred on the internet? Wow. I will find it. <laughs> we retweeted it at some point. Awesome. Fred and Francie. Okay. I named no Alex named Fred. I named Prancy. Somehow I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that uh, you know, like that's your entire career now. You have now set your brand and yeah. the skeleton deer. I thought it was beer. It's beer and deer. So did I actually. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, start a brewery. Yeah. Oh yeah. Skeletal deer brewery. Yeah. <laughs> like like when when beer magic makes it big and your New York Times bestseller, you can take that money and start a brewery, yeah. and the symbol can be a deer. It can be holding crazy. beers. We it can we can that's where we can hold ephemera. Yeah. This is a perfect plan. But I love glad days, so I don't want to leave them. Okay. They're a good spot. Right, can fine. you also sell beer out of there? They have their own bar. Yeah, but they mean. could sell your beer. They yeah, could yeah, sell yeah. our when, beer. When, when that's true. Yeah, when you have the brewery. Just, yeah. Okay, so Jen, (laughs) I know you said that probably doing a reading series was enough, but also let's make a brewery. It's never enough. That sounds far less complicated. There are always more things that can be done. They go so naturally together, reading series and brewery. Well, there was that that beer and books um, item at CanCon. I wanted to go to that, and then I didn't. Was it good? What beer and books item? There was... I don't know. There was a beer and books party. It was a. Oh yeah, that was the the random Chicago publisher that. Yeah, yeah, we found out when we got there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, wait. No, tell what? That's a story because I wanted to go to that and then I didn't for reasons I can't remember. we were looking at the schedule on, on Sked on the Friday, and yeah. we were like, what the fuck is this party? Well, yeah. a couple of people came up to me, and they were like, is this really a thing? Yeah. Like, because they'd seen the posters, yeah. and I guess, like, it just said beer and books, and they were yeah. like, is this actually a thing, or yeah, like, like, is this a joke? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was some Chicago publisher, and I'm like, did somebody hack the system? Yeah. Like, how is this, because it was in Sked, I'm like, yeah. what the hell? And but then, no, it was just Marie. It was just Marie, yes. Yeah, so they had got, well, no, they, they had So someone Marie, had hacked yeah. the system. Uh, basically, yeah. No, but, but apparently it was legit, and that was when we realized we had finally made it because we had like people holding other like official parties yes. in the hotel during Camden. We've never had that before. That's pretty cool. So it's like that's that's how you know we've hit the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wanted to go, but I didn't. I can't remember what I was doing. I, I also can't remember. I guess I was. I don't remember. I know I went to I Derek's book launch. Yeah, one of them, it was at the same time as Derek's yeah. book launch. Oh, oh. Well, if it was on Saturday, I was I was at the Aurora's, and then I was at Camden. No, it was no, it was, it was Friday. Friday. I thought they did it both nights. Oh, oh maybe. 
I thought they only did it one. I, no, I, I only pay once. so much attention to the program. <laughs> <laughs> Friday. Mm. Friday was a tricky day because I hadn't eaten very much oh, all day. Well, it was Derek's book lunch, and then we were in the bar with Arlie and uh, Jen and Lana and, and a few others. Yes. Like right after Derek. That's where I was right after Derek's book lunch, and you were there. Yes. And then I got the potato chips, which is like my dinner. And Wait, then... did you not have an actual dinner? No. Like, people were giving me so much shit about not eating. And that's why I screwed myself later that night. Because I then went up to whatever party was happening in the con suite, and oh, the food was gone. Right. Oh. But the alcohol was not. <laughs> uh, and so I'd had <laughs> a usual amount on a less than usually empty stomach. Okay. And I was like, I need to go to bed. Okay, I want nobody to ever give me shit about not eating ever again. <laughs> ever again. Ever again. Good luck with that. I have recruited a whole legion. I know you have, and it's terrifying. It's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. I brought. I, I brought, could I bring brought celery again. You should have eaten some of our celery from Podcast Alive. No, I'm okay. I'm, I actually, I, I, no, celery is awful. Why would I want to eat celery? <laughs> Kim May liked my celery. Fine, I'll eat celery, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> for those who were like, what the fuck are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> for Podcast Alive, one of my Foley effects was to simulate the sound of breaking bones. I snapped celery into the mic. Which worked out way, like, I had no idea how it was going to actually sound in the moment, but, like, it sounded really, really spot on. Actually, all the Foley effects did. Thank you. I was really happy with all of them. Yeah, right. When does that go live, by the way? November 24th. Okay. Which will be like Which will be six way months out. ago. But it's <laughs> months ago. <laughs> but you can go find it. Oh, yeah. It'll in be the archives. Somewhere. It'll be on the Podcastle website. Yeah, they'll have to go way back, though. Somewhere. Yeah, who has time for that? Um, everyone who is awesome, because Podcastle is a super great podcast. It is, it really is. Yes, I'm yeah. almost done. I need to record just, like, one last bit of intro, and then it's all done. That's awesome. I know, I'm really happy. I felt, okay, so I've podcasted for a million years. That's a slight exaggeration, <laughs> but go on. No, it's not. <laughs> um, and I've, like, done things in podcasting, and I've done some cool things, and I've, yeah. like done some cool shows and been on some cool shows. Yes. And this one. Um, Ouch. Sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't resist. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't thinking that she was including us anywhere in that. But the, so Podcastle's <laughs> audio producer sent me the theme to like stick in and I opened it up and it was in my playback. And yeah. I, I had butterflies for the first time and I was like, oh. Oh, that's cool. This is the Podcastle theme. It's, I have it. And I can't screw this up. I need to put it. I need to put it into the episode that I've mixed down. And I can't screw this up. And I'm really nervous. That's cool, though. I'm really that nervous is... to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't felt nervous about a podcasting thing for like half a million years. See, I think that's super healthy, though. Like, mm. I'm, I still get, um, I still get nervous the first day of the new semester every time. Mm. Yes. Like, like without fail. I think yeah. that, I think that's a good thing. I think so too. Day. But it was it was a cool feeling. Yeah. It's like it was, it was Podcastle. I listened to them when I was a wee one. Oh. But like actually, when I was like seventeen, listening to Podcastle, and now I have the theme, and I was like, wow, this is. It's like we were talking earlier. Yeah, There's yeah. that time in your writing life when you look up and you're like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> this is my normal. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. It only gets worse, by the way. Oh, <laughs> that's good to know. For <laughs> yeah. better. Better might be the word. Yeah, it's like, that would be the more it, encouraging it word. More. It gets more. That, it, gets it gets more. more. Yeah. I'm just like description. <laughs> putting the podcastle theme onto the episode that I mixed for. It's like, yeah, yeah. that is very mm-hmm. bizarre. Yeah. You're like, 
if you could go back and tell your younger self, they wouldn't believe you. Oh, yeah. If I went back to myself 10 years ago and said, like, you know, this is what you'll be doing when you're almost at 30, wouldn't believe me. He would assume that I was there to, like, waylay him. Yeah. And maybe beat me up. <laughs> well, you know, he'd run away screaming. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> like, I, are you afraid of like Go your on. future self coming and beating you up? Are you worried about like, I mean, I was, versions I, of Brandon I with mean, violence? I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't until just now that I'm considering it, and I'm thinking mm. maybe I should be. Well, let's unpack this, Brandon. Yeah. I legitimately, like, Evan and I were talking about this episode, and I legitimately was like, how, how much fun do you think we would have if I turned to Aaron and was like, okay, let's psychoanalyze me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trained in psychoanalysis. Okay, so where's the divide? Well, maybe I don't so, understand what the Yeah, so I think I tweeted about this once because it is a bit of a pet peeve in mine in, when people are like, oh, don't psychoanalyze me. Um, psychoanalysis is a very specific um, subtype of psychology. Right, because um, there's, there's a psychologist, then there's a therapist. And you're and, I'm, and, yeah, so uh, there's, okay. So there's lots of confusing um, subgroupings. So okay. there's, you've got psychiatrists yeah. who are medical doctors who have right. specialized in psychiatry um, and they can diagnose people and they can prescribe medications. Okay. And then you have psychologists um, psychologists have have a PhD, yeah. um, and they are qualified to diagnose people. Okay. Um, and then I am a psychotherapist, okay. which is um, like I so I have a master's degree, and I can't diagnose people. Okay. Um, but I can do psychotherapy, which I think starting in January is becoming a protected act. Oh, cool. Um, under the Regulated Health Professions Act, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so that's that's how that breaks down. Okay. Okay. That is um, my confusion because I had it as psychiatrist and psychologist, yeah, psych- and that was it. Psychoanalysts are like a subgroup of like they can be psychotherapists, they can be psychologists. Um, oh. it's just like a specific way of being trained um and people don't do psychoanalysis so much anymore because it has a bit of a bad rap um because people you know it's associated with like freud who is and i mean i'm I'm a bit of a, a Freud defender, but that's a whole other topic. Really? Um, but, um, I've never met a Freud defender. Yeah, it's um, I, I like his stuff on religion. Um, <laughs> if go on, <laughs> if, if you're gonna, I'll, the only thing I'll say is if you're ever gonna read a Freud book, I recommend um, um, Future of an Illusion, which is his book on religion. Um, okay. Which I mean, it's one of his books on religion. The other ones are absolutely buck wild. Future of an Illusion is <laughs> fairly normal. And for Freud or just for Freud, okay. yeah. It, it basically talks about like he was very anti religion, so I yeah. will I will like state that up front. Um and he basically viewed it kind of similar to how Karl Marx viewed it as like, you know, it was a response to a very fundamental anxiety mm-hmm. within us yep. and in response to that we reach for like a higher power. Right. Um, and, and it's just sort of deconstructing that. It's an interesting book, um, and some of his other stuff is kind of interesting. So it tends to be grouped more under psychodynamic work right, now. Yeah. Um, but if you are a, a tried and true psychoanalyst, you have gone through like a specific kind of training, um, which involves like being psychoanalyzed yourself. Oh. So... Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that was a very long spiel about something that I don't know if people care about. But no, no, anyway. I, no, I mean, that could arguably be this entire podcast. <laughs> yeah. A very much. long spiel about, about yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should really be writing these down as we should be writing these like, down taglines for down the road. Um, so, um, of all of those things, which would you think Brandon is most urgently in need of? 
Psychiatry. <laughs> I mean, psych- all of them. <laughs> psychoanalysis is really fun, and like psychodynamic stuff is really fun because, like, you know that that is where you get some of the stuff about you know like your unresolved feelings about your parents and mm. um, yeah, the, all that good stuff. Some yeah. of which is weirder than others, yeah. but and like dream theory, that's all oh. psychodynamic oh, stuff. That's okay. um, so yeah. Yeah, Aaron can't do that though. If I'm if I'm no. following. Well, I I have like some knowledge of it. I'm not a trained psychoanalyst, but right, I do okay. know a little bit about like psychodynamic theory. Okay. Um, which is like where I would make that distinction. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But I. I generally don't do dream analysis no, okay, that's okay. <laughs> so you can't explain to me my dreams about goldfish what do the goldfish represent to you is the question i would ask i feel like you dropped like right into like the <laughs> like that was like right there that was cool <laughs> and there was like zero hesitation it was, as well that was just like bam it's like when someone puts on their customer service voice on the phone it's like, it's like oh yeah, yeah well, that it's, was neat. it's fun because i have like this is my normal speaking voice but i have yeah. i have like a customer service voice which is much higher which Ooh. is like you know oh thank you so much for your service like for for what anyway i don't know i've lost the script but anyway but i have this like like the the customer service voice which is higher and then i have the therapist voice which is lower or like softer um, oh softer makes a lot of sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so anyway it's... cool okay but what does the goldfish mean we have to establish this yeah. i don't know what, okay are they <laughs> are they a tasty snack yeah, yeah they... what's happening with the goldfish in yeah. your dream? what do they represent about yourself i don't know <laughs> See, this oh. is me in therapy. I'm like, I probably know, Does but this I'm not. A lot in I'm not ready to tell you though. <laughs> you do sometimes get I don't knows, which are very frustrating. Okay. <laughs> I won't What's lie about real? that. Um, yeah, no. Uh, Sigmund Freud, he, he, his dream theory was that dreams were sort of unexpressed wishes, and I don't so much buy into that. Okay. Um, I think it's your brain working through stuff. My subconscious it definitely is. is usually about as subtle as a brick. Yeah. yeah. Um, I posted this on Facebook the other day, and everyone laughed, but I didn't mean it to be funny. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and again, subtle as a brick, but it was actually like a lot of my stressors combined into yeah. one. One dream, and then I posted mm-hmm. it on Facebook, and I was like, ha, 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 that's so, that's so funny, you're so whimsical. Wow. I was like, no, this is actually, like, three very deeply stressful things to me right now, but that's fine, let's all laugh at my pain. <laughs> to be fair, it is often cloaked in whimsy, and I'm sure you've seen this too, where it's a defense thing. Yeah. Where it's yeah. the, don't look too closely, it's yes. all, it's all fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's all it's all just laughing times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's there's it's an interesting thing that happens in sessions sometimes because I usually try to match um, like whatever my clients um, affect is for stuff. So like if they like tell a joke, I will laugh. But there's like a weird thing that happens where like they're using laughter as a defense mechanism right. where it's like. I'm not gonna laugh at that actually because that you what you said was not funny. So I'm oh. like. And, like, trying to ride that line between, like, wanting to make too much of a big deal about stuff that, like, isn't, yeah. where they're kind of laughing it off, versus, like, being like, actually, what, no, what let's about stop here. What about who use their dry wit to throw you off the trail? <laughs> Not, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> uh, I feel like that's, and again, I feel like it's the kind of thing that I can Oh man, we still have power. Uh, what do I do? Right. 
A huge thank you to Katie and Aaron for joining us, to fellow survivor Chris Kesner for providing our intro and outro music, uh, and of course to you, fellow survivors, for tuning in. Work has already begun on Season 3, so we'll be back soon with more stories about the art we love and the creation of art in general. Also, a quick note that voting in the Aurora Awards, Canada's premier award for science fiction and fantasy, is open now, and broadcasts is eligible in the Best Related Work category. Alright, I've got my go bag packed and the controls are adequately locked down, by which I totally don't mean smashed to bits. I'm sure Evan can't hear this, but I can tell you, fellow survivors, I found a hatch beneath the main console. Where does it go? Who knows? I'm just hoping it has power. And light. And air and less loneliness. Wish me luck, survivors, and thanks again for listening to Season 2 of Broadcasts from the Wasteland.